Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Welcome to the show. So tomorrow is the big day, John. We just had the big day this last week, right? Christmas. Yeah, well, that was a big day too. But tomorrow we got like the oh, big, right. the big football. South Carolina's day. playing in yeah. the bowl game yeah, against go. Virginia. Oh, that, I'm, I'm, that is exciting. I'm waiting with bating breath here. <laughs> no, we're talking oh, about right. Clemson, oh, Notre yeah. Dame, Clemson Alabama, they, Oklahoma. I didn't know they this played is it. tomorrow. Tomorrow's, yeah. tomorrow's decision day on who's going to make it to the yeah, college football right. playoffs. I predict Clemson so. and Alabama. Clemson, Alabama. Yeah, I, that's my prediction. I, I hope so. That that would be. And South Carolina's going to come up as a runner-up. Uh, they'll they'll uh, win their their be, bowl. They'll be right there, mm-hmm. right there in the that's top right. five. I'm Eight sure. and five. <clears throat> I'm <That's> sure. Right. <laughs> okay, maybe everybody's not interested in football, so we probably move on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have a great show. We got some interesting things to talk about here. Right at the end of the year, we got the seven ways to hit the ground running in 2019. I mean, you want to listen to these. There's some things you can do, John, ahead of time. You know, gearing up to making your New Year's, New Year's resolutions to to help make yourself a success. So today's the day to start planning for that. Yeah, and we also have a segment for all you procrastinators out there. Right? We have a year end checklist for your investments. It's it's only Friday, right? You still got a <laughs> the day. The twenty eighth. Still got a day to make these you know, things happen. You, you listen to the podcast, and and you'll you'll have you know Friday night to prepare, and then the weekend to to get your uh, questions ready for your uh, your moves on Monday. So it's a good, <laughs> yeah. it's a good discussion. I had, to, I had to point out that he's a little late with this segment, but hey, better uh, late than never. These are great ideas. You can get these things done. And this some is, of them, some of them, you can do in January. And this is not the first time we've talked about it either. So these are just general reminders and nudges. Just re- <laughs> reemphasizing some last minute moves here. So uh, all right, we've got to get on to serious things here. Um, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 23 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. I have an MBA in finance. I've been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 25 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, go check out our website. It's moneymd.net, and uh, we have the link to the podcast. You can listen to it from your computer or download it on your mobile device. And uh, I also have a lot of videos under the tools section. Uh, We have a lot of resources and calculators, Facebook page, Twitter handle, which is MoneyMD, so go check that out. Um, you can also reach us by email. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at moneymd.net. Well, John, we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the College Board. talks about um, you know college expenses, uh, the average cost of tuition, fees, room and board during the 2017-2018 uh, school year. At an average four-year public college was about twenty-one thousand. Now I don't see um, food on there, right? <clears throat> no. So food if your college is... student doesn't eat, then it's twenty-one thousand. If they eat, it's going to be twenty-five, for sure. More than likely, based <clears throat> yeah. on some of the things that we have experienced with our kids. And um, yeah, that's up five point five percent over the last thirty years. And if that same rate of inflation continues over the next decade, that twenty-one thousand is going to increase to thirty-five thousand. In 2027, so you got to do some planning. If you got young ones out there, um, there's no time like now to start planning and talking about what college is going to look like for your family. It's incredible how much college continues to go up every year. Um, so I'm, we're big proponents of you know going local a couple of years. It's yep. a great way to save some money. Um, 
you know, on, on, on everything really. And, you know, being careful on books, making sure you're picking an effective education, one that, you know, that the tuition is worth the job and the degree that you're going to get. So you just want to consider all those things and just recognize that it takes a lot of money. You've got to plan way ahead and you got to have a solid plan for how to pay for college. But yeah, that's, that's the fact of the week. You know, it's up there at the $25,000 range for, mm-hmm. for your, for each year of public college. So good fact of the week. And that leads us into our year in checklist um, I'm sorry, seven ways to hit the ground running in 2019. And this is based on an article out of entrepreneur.com, Dan Scalolo, Skolko, excuse me. Um, and, you know, John, most people wait till January to make New Year's resolutions, and that's fine. But there are some things you should be doing now to position yourself, even before mid-January, um, to make sure the new year is a success and that you reach those new goals. Um, research suggests that your plans for the new year will be more effective if you prepare for them in advance. And so by asking the right questions, putting the right plans in place before January 1st, you'll be better prepared for setting your New Year's resolutions and you'll increase your odds of success next year. So here's how to make happen, um, you know, for both your make that happen for both your business and your personal life. Um, and the first step, we kind of alluded to this last week, and that is crunch the numbers. Okay, I mean, the new year provides a great opportunity to <clears throat> to let go of what's no longer working for you and for your business, maybe, and your professional life, and then fully commit to what is working. So before, even before January 1st rolls around, you know, take a little time, kind of take stock of what's been working in your personal life, what's been working in your business, um, <clears throat> and what hasn't worked, and evaluate your budget, budget for the past year, determine you know, where you've improved, where you can get better. Um, determine how much you've saved, how much you've paid down in debt. <clears throat> you know, the question is, are you moving forward or are you moving backwards? And are you, um, <clears throat> you know, you can only know this if you crunch the numbers over the past year, if you update your 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 financial statements, mm-hmm. see if you've gained assets, you know, see where everything is in terms of gains or losses and just kind of know if you're saving what you need to save and if you're spending the right amount, you know, for your budget. So crunch the numbers. That's step one. Yes. <clears throat> step number two, which I like this one a lot, is celebrate the successes. I mean, it's it's very important to, to look at where you need to improve, but it's equally important to reflect on your progress and your accomplishments at the end of the year. I mean, carve out some time to measure and uh, set up a celebration um, of your personal mi- milestones from the past year and give yourself a reward. It doesn't have to be a, a you know a big deal. Maybe a new pair of uh, shoes or dinner out or maybe golf clubs. There you go. Would that be a good new driver? New driver. I like it. I like it. Maybe a new putter. I, I still have my twenty dollar putter from Walmart. So <laughs> maybe it is time to change that putter. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the problem. I'll go check that out. So, but give yourself um, you know a pat on the back, celebrating those successes, even the small ones will help you motivate when you get started on the new ones this next year. And, you know, you can focus your attention on what's important, but um, it's it's okay to celebrate a little bit here. Yeah, you should. That's part of reflecting and, you know, part of motivating you for the future as well. So that's a good one. The next one here is establish short and long-term goals. Um, you know, if you don't already do this, um, it's high time you start, you know. So before the new year begins, outline some short-term, long-term goals for the year. You know, make sure that each of those goals is SMART, as they say, S-M-A-R-T for an acronym, for specific, for measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and trackable. 
So I like that. It's a good acronym mm-hmm. in it for, for setting goals. Um, equally as important, you know, make sure every one of your goals is um, big and small is in support of your kind of cohesive overreaching vision. Okay. Your vision for where you want to go professionally and personally. Um, so if your goals don't serve your larger vision in life and in business, refine them until they do. But setting goals is kind of the backbone of setting those new year resolutions, which are going to be specific steps to achieve those goals. So um, that's a good one. You want to set short long-term goals. The next one, though, is to remove the clutter in your life. Um, You know, studies show that clutter can inhabit your productivity and your success in meeting your goals. So use the year end to clear out, you know, the piles in your life and your business. Um, Clutter, they'll inhibit your organization in your life. It'll make it difficult to measure your success. It also keeps you from gaining some efficiency and productivity. Furthermore, I mean, disorganization robs you of the peace and it creates anxiety in your life. So make the new year a time to kind of regain your edge by removing those clutter piles in your life. The holidays and early January are a great time to get organized as you, you know, have a little extra time on your hand before life cranks back up to full speed in in mid-January. So while you're at it, you know, get digitally organized as well. Um, You know, back up, secure your files, change your passwords, and, you know, get as close to a, a, the zero inbox as possible. So take this time to remove some clutter in your life. I like that one. That That's a good one. Uh, it causes me stress sometimes in my life. And prioritize your time. I mean, one of the most common problems often holding people back is um, time management. And, um, <clears throat> man, I agree with this. In today's hustle and bustle lifestyle for most families, it's very difficult to effectively make meaningful changes in your life. And if you're going to be successful going forward and make these changes, you're likely going to have to free up some some time in your life and commit to these new goals and priorities. So take a good look at your schedule and priorities for the past year and find places that you can gain some meaningful time back. Because I, I know we waste a lot of time. I look at weather a lot and it's like, yep. okay, <laughs> just open up the you know window or, and see what's going on. But I, th- yeah. there, are, there are time wasters out there, particularly with cell phones and apps. Yeah, there's there. so much. You know, I like the fact the cell phone now tells you how much screen time you've had. Have you seen that no, you know, on the new cell phone? Yeah, they'll tell you, occasionally give you a screen time report, tell me how much time I've been looking at mm, my cell phone. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of telling, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, maybe it's time to drop off a committee or other extracurricular activity. Maybe you can hire someone to keep up the yard or take care of some other task, which is routinely hogging your time. You know, perhaps you can hire somebody new at the office or delegate some activities at work. Um, so you can start leaving on time each day. John, you don't need to do that. You got that covered. <laughs> okay. uh, We've got a great staff here, don't yeah, we? We definitely do. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, perhaps you could, you know, start going to bed earlier, you know, when you're only watching TV and maybe get up an hour earlier when you can gain some quality time in your day. You know, so regardless of where it comes from, it's a great time to reevaluate your time management. Get back to your precious hours each week, which are no longer productive in your life. So good time to evaluate that. I really like that one. Um, <clears throat> second one, next one here is to commit to personal development. You know, when the demands of work and personal life rear their heads, it's easy to let personal development fall by the wayside. <clears throat> the antidote to this is uh, this neglect is to have a plan in place. Make your own growth a priority by identifying three ways in which you want to improve in the coming year. Um, this could take the form of learning a new skill, maybe picking up a new hobby, obtaining a certification that will advance your career, or so on. 
Um, so once you've identified three personal development goals, the next step would be to write down a plan of how you're going to make each of these goals a priority in the coming year. Research educational opportunities, schedule personal days in advance with the intention of devoting them to cultivating these new skills. So mark space on your daily, weekly schedule to pursue those goals to personal development. Yeah, uh, last one here on the list is prioritize self-care. And all the res- resolutions in the world, uh, it won't magically infuse you with willpower if your well has run dry. So the only way that you can hit the goal running in 2019 is to take time to re- refill your, your energy levels um, before January 1. And we're going to give you some investment you know, topics checklist here that you're going to have to do before January 1. So <clears throat> you may not be able to do so all of these. So you better hit the ground running on those. That's right. That's right. Some of the best self-care strategies, uh, you know, exist about exercising, eating well, staying hydrated, you know, having healthy uh, relationships, spending time in your faith, having high quality sleep. Um, make sure you have a comfortable mattress. Right. Yeah. That's, that's important. important. Didn't we talk about that a couple we years have, ago? We have. We don't want to get on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, but uh, you know, self care. If you're not able, if you're not healthy, um, you know, physically and mentally, some of these other things we're talking about are hard to do. So, self care. We should prioritize that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's easy to abandon these strategies, you know, for self improvement when life gets stressful. But in fact, you know, that's when we need them the most. So, commit to getting a jump start on making renewed progress next year. Put these steps in place, you know, here right at the end of the year to make that happen. You know, make a plan to stick with those steps throughout the next year, no matter what life throws at you and and gets in your way. So take time to reflect on the past year. Get organized. Celebrate your successes. Clean out the clutter. Prioritize your life and identify clear-cut strategies for personal and professional development before December comes to a close. That way you'll finish the year on a positive note and you'll be ready to hit the ground running in full throttle come January 1st. So there are your seven ways to to hit the ground running. And that brings us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this question has to do with an inheritance. And, you know, Steve, we, we have um, clients that um, are in their you know 50s and 60s and they're inheriting money from their parents that are passing on. And this question was, is I received a small inheritance. Uh, I'm going to need it in about a year or less than a year. Should I put it in the stock market? And um, so generally, if it's less than a year, we would say, no, don't put it in the stock market. Keep it in cash. Uh, as we see, the you know, markets can be volatile. It could certainly go the other way, and you can make a lot of money on it. But if it's for a specific need, less than a year, I would say don't put it in the market. Right, right. But if it's more than a year, you know, I mean, to answer the other side of the question, obviously, I, I think putting some in equities would be a great idea. I mean, it's hard to imagine looking at where the markets are, you know, where they've been the past year, that we won't be sitting here a year from now thinking that, you know, this was Good a great opportunity. Buy, buying opportunity, right? So, uh, yeah, if you have money that's long term that's sitting on the sidelines, um, and you can take a little bit of risk with it, then certainly, you know, investing some of that in equities, you know, diversified portfolio probably be a great idea. Mm-hmm. So, um, Good question of the week. All right, and that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is your year-end checklist for your investments. Plenty of time to do this. <laughs> you have a Plenty day and a half, so well, you got the weekend. So John is not leaving you a lot of time these are with all, this one, but uh, we've talked about these before. But these are for all the folks that are procrastinating. He's just reiterating things we've been reading up here the last couple months. So that's just, right. Just a reminder. I'm sure you've already done these things. That's right. And some of these we do for our clients, like the rebalancing, which we'll talk about. But this comes from CNN, uh, Anna. Uh, Bonnie 
is uh, the the person that wrote this. And, um, you know, tax time, you're doing some planning and so forth for investments. Um, markets have been pretty volatile this year, and investors may be leery about the year ahead. The 2018 tax year will also mark the first year in which the tax reforms took effect. And that means there are ser- several viable um, options and new factors to take a look at. And so here are some of the important things. If you haven't done these already, I'm sure everybody has, but this is the last chance. Well, the good news is the first one here, you don't have to do it in the next two days, okay? And that is reallocating and rebalancing your portfolio. Year end is not necessarily yeah. a critical time to do that. And we just did that in, in November for Absolutely. our clients, and we're going to do it again coming up in February. So we have a schedule every uh, quarter. We'll right. Take a look. And, and so John's giving you a little more time on this one. Yeah, reallocating and rebalancing. So with the market on a tear these past nine years, many investors' portfolios have become heavy. Um, you know, in, in stocks, um, you know, but then this year with markets down, they, they may be heavy in bonds. Um, so it may not look, it may not reflect your big picture goals anymore. Asset allocation is a very significant driver of portfolio performance and periodic rebalancing is a critical part of ensuring that you're sticking with your strategy and you're at the right risk level. So now with markets down, it's probably a great time to maybe sell a little bit of the fixed income, Invest in some of the stocks that are down, you know, sell high, buy low. You mean do what Warren Buffett says? Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Sell high, buy low. I mean, buy, put some money, move some money into stocks if you have, if your portfolio is out of balance. But rebalancing is very critical. Now might be a great time to do that. Yeah. People ask, ask us if, if, um, if now is a good time to, to buy and no one knows what the markets are going to do. But the fact is, is the markets are off 10 to, 20%. That's a given, right? And right. so they yeah. are down from where they've been. Now, they may go down further. We you don't know, know it, that. You know it's a better time than it was three months ago. That's buy. right. That's exactly right. So uh, in addition to looking at your IRA or brokerage account, make sure your 401k is uh, taken into consideration when you reallocate and rebalance as well. And you know, guideline, general guideline for asset allocation, um, take 120 minus your age. So um, you know, if you're 60 years old, then then you could put 60% in equities. If you're 40 years old, you know, maybe 80%. So those are all, you know, general guidelines. You want to make sure you discuss that with your advisor if you're working with one. But consider that guideline alongside that um, Americans are living longer and uh, earning fewer rewards for, for bonds and cash. So your risk tolerance may be a little bit higher. So something you want to take a look at. Yeah, the next one here is harvest your losses to lower your tax bill. Yep. I was going to say, I was going to say, if you haven't done this one yet, you might want to hit pause on the podcast and call your broker <laughs> or log into your you account. Mon- mon- the markets are open on the thirty first. True, they're open a half day on the thirty first. That's right. So you so have all all morning Monday to take care of this. You'll be here early Monday morning, right? Seven. John, call John. He'll be here. He'll be here. <laughs> I no do get problem. here early. He does. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, many investments have lost ground the last few months as markets are down. And uh, so if you have taxable accounts, you know, that are down, I mean, it may be an opportunity to to realize some of the losses in your accounts um, <clears throat> and to do some tax loss harvesting, particularly if you have stocks. You know, stocks tend to move really fast. And so if you have a stock account, um, they could be way off of where mm-hmm. where you bought them. And so there may be just an opportunity to to really harvest some big big losses there. Mutual funds, you know, don't move quite as much. And, you know, so uh, take this, you know, as it applies to your situation. But yeah, you can harvest tax losses before the, the end of the year. So you have 
till, you know, end of December here, a couple days, um, you know, and capital losses can be taken, you know, as a deduction right off of your ordinary income up to $3,000 against ordinary income. And they also can offset any gains that you have. Mm -hmm. So uh, anything that's over $3,000 can be carried forward to the next year. So it's a good opportunity. You want to take a look at that opportunity if you haven't already, but I'm I'm sure a lot of people have already thought of this. Yeah, and people that have piled into Apple, Netflix, Amazon over the last couple of months, um, they can have you know big losses. I mean, some of those stocks are down you know thirty to forty percent. So um, you know, you could take a look at that, and you shouldn't let the tax tail wag the dog, right? You should um, con- consider capital losses that can offset capital gains and reduce your tax bill, and this can be done in the new year as well. It would just fall into the twenty nineteen tax cycle. Um, another one, Roth conversions. Again, this can be done in January as well, but you can also do Roth conversions now. Um, this is basically where you're taking uh, money from an IRA and um, or you know 401k and you're, you're putting it into a Roth and you're paying the tax bill. So a lot of it depends on where you're going to fall in the tax brackets. If you're in a high tax bracket, maybe not, but if you're in a lower tax bracket, then that may be a, a reasonable option. Yeah, and if you want to do that this year, you you probably really do want to hit pause on this podcast because that usually takes a little bit of time. I don't know if you could get that done in two day, but two days. But you know, you can do it next year. Mm-hmm. Still the same thing. Um, you know, you take advantage of lower tax brackets. If you're in a twelve percent bracket, you know, it might be a great idea to to max the bracket out, um, you know, with some Roth, with some conversions from IRAs to Roth. Yeah. If you have the taxes that you, or the, the cash to pay the tax bill. Right. And basically if you're below 101,000 gross income as a married couple, then you're probably in a 12% bracket. Um, that's about where the bracket, you know, breaks for uh, gross income for a married couple. But yeah, thanks to the tax reforms, you know, married couples, um, you know, they, they have a tax break up to that level. Um, over that level, um, you know, you're taxed at 22%, and then it jumps to 24% above $165,000. Um, well, for married couples, I guess it's it's uh, $315,000. Anyway, so, yeah, take a look at that. Yeah, the, the tax brackets definitely change, and they're more favorable than they used to be. Um, couples who anticipate having a similar income after retirement may want to convert enough 401k and traditional uh, IRA assets to Roth accounts to reach that 315 bracket ceiling. Um, you know, they're going to be at a 24% uh, rate rather than, um, you know, 28 to, to 33% rate during retirement. You got to do some planning on this. You got to talk to uh, a CPA uh, would certainly be advisable. Again, uh, you know, we're talking about 2018, but this, these are things that can be done next year as well as you look and do some planning. Uh, you also want to manage your current and future income. <clears throat> you know, you can uh, contribute, um, in 2019, it's going to be nineteen thousand dollars with an extra um, six thousand dollar, you know, catch up if you're over fifty. So if you haven't maxed out that account this year, probably too late, right? You got to have that done before the thirty first. But as you do planning for next year, it's something that you want to take a look at. Yeah, and investors with beneficiaries IRAs or inherited IRAs, they have to take an RMD. So hopefully you've already done that. But if you haven't, you know, you have one more day to get that done. Um, here this year, you certainly want to make sure you take your RMDs. Um, and if you're, if you have a regular IRA, uh, or 401ks and you're over 70 and a half, then you have a required minimum distribution that's required from those. Um, so that's a percentage of your assets <clears throat> starts at 3.65% when you're 70 and a half and goes up from there gradually. 
So you want to make sure you do that before the end of the year if you haven't already taken care of that. And, and don't skip the the simple stuff. Start getting organized. Um, don't overlook the tax forms that you're going to need. Uh, it'll help avoid confusion later. So start gathering those documents, W-2s. 1099s, uh, you know, the 1099 interest and dividends won't be issued until February. Um, you know, remember that the repeal of the individual mandate for health insurance doesn't kick in until January the 1st of 2019. So you'll need to verify your health insurance this year to avoid the, the tax penalties. So um, some last minute to do's. Hopefully it doesn't stress people out. Uh, we've certainly talked about these throughout the year, but we're going to cut this podcast short so people can go and start working on 2018 and 2019. Absolutely. We're going to give you an extra five minutes here. That's right. <laughs> but we're going to finish up first, though, with the prescription of the week. Yeah, this prescription has to do with um, looking at your pay stub. I, you know, I know um, people bring their pay stubs in for us to look at, and there's, you know, five to 10, sometimes 15 items and most people don't know what those items are coming out, right? So um, your, your to-do here is to get your pay stub, make sure you understand what you're paying for. Uh, an example of an expense that can probably be lowered is getting a term policy on the outside versus paying for a group policy on the inside. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different codes and so forth. You may have to go to HR, but make sure you understand what you're paying for is and, and is it worth it. Yeah, and it's a great time to take a look at your pay stub, understand how much you made for the year, because you should have your, you know, year-end pay stub pretty close to now. Um, And just recognize, like John said, you know, how much is coming out for all the different things, whether those still make sense, you know, whether you're using all your flexible spending account or, you know, whether you still need the, the different types of insurance and the insurance levels that you have. Take a good look at those and and just, you know, as part of the taking stock here at the end of the year, mm-hmm. you want to take a look at, you know, where you've been over the past year and what's going on. And, and you got make, four days to do it. Four days. Except tomorrow's football, so no China. one's going to be doing anything on football. That's right. Well, the market's closed. Business is closed. Right, so yeah, you can't do anything then. Take, so Take Saturday off. Yeah, there you go. But Monday morning, you better jump on these ready things. ready to go. John will be there. If you need his help, just give him a call. call He'll be right in the office. (laughs) Okay, there you go. This has been this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.